are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Poncho Radio, and in studio, you have Jody and Dave. Hello. And hello. And you will hear from the whole crew this week. Everybody is back. So you'll hear from Craig and Hank and Brennan. They're talking about Ahsoka. They're super pumped about the Star Wars deal. Everybody seems to be very excited about it. I am very indifferent to it. You know, I'm sure people will love hearing about it, though. That's it's the thing to nerd out about right now. It certainly is. So you'll you'll hear a few takes on this new Star Wars thing. And Craig and Hank are also going to talk about Only Murders in the Building, season three. And then Craig saw a new movie called Theater Camp, and he also read a book called The Last Action Heroes. So he's going to do a little review of that. And we are talking about. Death Clock. We are talking about the greatest cartoon, one of the best things that has been on Adult Swim, Metalocalypse. First came out in 2006, great cartoons, and then died on the vine in 2013 after the Doomstar Requiem came out, and we've just been waiting for yep. new stuff. Ten years. Ten years. Crazy. And so we've got a feature-length film released last week. Finally got a chance to see it, and yeah, that's that's what we're going to focus on today. So it's called the Doomstar Army, and it is amazing and well worth the effort of tracking it down. For sure. Craig also saw it, and I don't think he's as big a Metalocalypse fan as we are, and we've watched the shows many, many, many times, so we're quite in-depth. The whole mythos. Yeah, people know what this show is, right? That but, it's like a cartoon about a fictional death metal band who are so popular that their album releases cause the world economy to fluctuate. It does. And it, so everybody cares about what Death Clock are doing, and it makes them super famous, and they're really awkward with how they handle that fame, which is where a lot of the funny stuff comes from. But creator Brendan Small, who also voices a lot of the characters, is a really amazing metal guitarist and musician. Yeah. Um, so this band has chops to the level where they, you know, in a, in a certain world, they could be that big if any band could ever be that big. What I especially love about this show is that, yeah, the music is outstanding. If you like metal, it's got great, great music. Every episode has, you know, some quirky goofiness, kind of like a sitcom. Everything resets every episode. And yet, there is still this overarching story, this epic tale, this mythos that is unraveling every single episode. You get just a tiny little piece more. And when that whole world is constructed and you've watched all the episodes and you've finally seen this completion, it is incredible. Yeah, it kind of is Four different things. I've been thinking about it. Death Clock is a comedy cartoon. Yep. Death Clock is a band that releases albums. Mm -hmm. Death Clock, a clock opera, is just that. It is a rock and roll death metal opera, which is also an animated film. And then there's this Army of the Dune Star feature-length film, which is a fourth thing. The cartoon is kind of funny, the music is really heavy. The opera is is fun and serious, but taking Brendan Small's genius to a level that can't be contained in a 20-minute episode. And it, it's kind of the movie's job to wrap all three of those things up. 
which is maybe why you get comments from, I think Craig said this, that, you know, maybe the new movie's not as funny as he wanted it to be. We find it, we find nothing funnier than the fact that this exists. <laughs> that sure. this cartoon about this death metal band has survived a decade and a half, has survived a decade-long hiatus. It still has a big enough audience that there's there's like a space out there for this fictional death metal band. Yes, it's incredible. And the other thing that you haven't mentioned about it is that they do performances. So they'll do live concerts and Brennan Small attracts the most incredible talent. Like I'm not even going to mention anybody because they're just like so good. Some of the best metal musicians in the world play and guest on his stage when they do these things. Uh, they just had a big one for Adult Swim last summer. And I'm sorry that I was not able to go to it because I think it would have been incredible. Just as a quick example of the cross hatching of talent that this show attracts, people who provide voices for it include Mark Hamill, mm -hmm. uh, Kirk Hammett, guitar player for uh, Metallica, and also Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Those are just the people whose names start with M. And and they're regulars yeah. in the show. And and it's a testament, again, to Brendan Small and his ability, because he voices a lot of characters. So does Tommy Blancha, who is his partner in crime. The two of them construct this world, and it's funny, it's touching, it's moving. It's, it's just fun. I just love it. Yeah, it's like, if, if you like heavy metal... If you like seeing that world parodied the way it was parodied so well in Spinal Tap, this is next level comedy beyond that level. Like with all that world building and construction stuff that you were talking about before. It's awesome. Okay, so who is... I mean, obviously you have to love the band and hate the band sometimes because Murder Face is terrible, but he's also, you know, an integral part of it. So you have to love and hate him, them all. But outside of the five members of Metalocalypse, do you have a favorite character? It's tough to pick. You know, your mind flashes to, to Roxo. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it flashes to characters that maybe were on for a really short time that were really funny, like... Dr. Twinkletits or somebody like that. But I think I would have to say uh, Senator Stamplingston, who, uh, you know, is is part of this committee, I guess this government committee that sort of... Tribunal. Super, a tribunal, thank you, that, that observes and tries to manipulate the paths that Death Clock might go down because they are the most important band or entity in the world. And once an episode or once a tribunal, he introduces an expert who's going to speak to the panel. And they always have a crazy name, and I can't remember any of them because they're all so crazy. But basically what he does is say something like, I introduce to you Dr. Lymensteinheimer. Dr. Lymensteinheimer? Like he always says it twice by, you know, you know, prompting the person to speak. And it's just this goofy tactic that... I really enjoy. Who's your favorite non-member of Death Clock that's on Metalocalypse? Uh, that's an easy one, but I'm going to leave you hanging for a minute. We are going to throw things over to Hank and Craig. Oh, cliffhanger. And Brennan and their take on Ahsoka and other things. And then I will share with you who is hands down my favorite. Okay. And is the hero of this entire uh, organization. So. Okay, okay. All right. Take it away, fellas. 
Hey, everybody, it's Craig Sillifan on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. I'm back after a week of holidays. Thank you to Hank Cruz for uh, covering us off last week with his uh, rant about uh, criminal minds. And, uh, of course, I'm joined today by my good friend, Hank Cruz. Yeah, but I don't know who I'm looking at right now. Like, uh, is that a tan I see? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Here, show me the, oh, what your legs are tan, too. Those are nice looking legs. Because I actually whoa, wore shorts. I thought he was blinding. Oh my goodness! I wore shorts to the office on Monday, the first day back from holidays for the first time in 18 years. So until people started wow. making fun of my uh, legs, and then I was like, okay, that's why I didn't. I, that's why I don't do that. But but we've got lots of stuff to get through because I saw and read and did a lot of things on holidays. Why don't we start with Ahsoka? I know you and yes, I are both please. caught up yep. on that. The first couple of episodes have dropped. And I mean, basically, this is this is the live action version of a character who we've known since the Star Wars, the Clone Wars. She was introduced there. This is the first time. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that she was first seen in The Mandalorian uh, with Rosario Dawson playing her. But this is Rosario Dawson is the first person to play this live action is what I was stumbling at there now. So far, it's interesting. I, I love her as this character. Like, I think she's amazing casting. I love the character of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, it was really, in fact, great to watch it with my almost five-year-old daughter, though some of it got a bit talky for her, I think. But, you know, just the idea that when we grew up, there was all this Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. And sure, there was Princess Leia, but she was basically the only woman in the Star Wars universe. And now you've got lots of great uh, female characters. And there's a bunch of them on this show. My big complaint, I think, would be that you have to have seen a lot of Rebels to understand what's going on. The animated series, Star Wars Rebels. And I didn't watch that whole series because I found it kind of spotty. So I maybe need to go through some more of it. But uh, that's my only real complaint so far. Uh, I mean, it's building a building an interesting story where we may see Grand Admiral Thrawn from the Heir to the Empire books from many years ago. Uh, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, wh what's your take on Ahsoka? I uh, I Assume uh, I haven't looked on the internet to see what uh, all of the the fans are saying about the show, but I'm assuming because I liked it that probably the internet says that they don't like it is probably usually the way it goes. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing is I have watched all of the um, rebels and and things, so it's like it made a little bit more sense to me. But I'm surprised that they didn't throw enough in there to catch everybody up who doesn't know about it you know what i mean because well, lots they, of shows will they, do that You're like, totally yeah, yeah, get they, they make all these yeah. allusions to ezra who i know but i don't know what happened to him in the end and obviously he's gone missing somehow or, or is presumed dead and you know this is some of the characters are starting from a position of being messed up about it but like i don't know what happened so like it's like they could have done like a quick flashback they could have done a few or even at the beginning when they're uh when they've got, got the scroll on the screen and they could have added some stuff in there so you're like okay i'm caught up yeah but, star wars no. has the scroll that's a great point yeah. so yeah but uh, so far anyway. i uh, i like it yeah and uh i like the character i like everything about it so and uh, my son liked it too so there you go cool all right well we'll keep tabs on that one uh the other season that's been interesting so far is uh season three of only murders in the building uh, with Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez, among many other people. Now, I wasn't sure at the beginning of this season, Paul Rude comes in and 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 Meryl Streep and a bunch of people, and you're going, okay, now is the season where the quality is going to take a dive. They're going to bring in all these like really famous ringers to try and make it seem exciting. But I have to say, after a couple of episodes in, I like, I think it's still funny. I'm oh, yeah. a bit engaged in the mystery. They haven't gone too far into the mystery yet, but like, 
they're trying to put on this Broadway show and, and Selena Gomez is doing her own thing. And so, you know, there's stuff going on. It's interesting. And I definitely think the humor's still there. So, so far, uh, after what, three, four episodes or something, uh, I'm, I'm still in. What, what are you saying? I, I, I love it just as much as the other two, uh, especially that they cast Meryl Streep as somebody that can't act. Um, right. That I'm like, I'm like, that is so just, just so funny in itself to see that. Yeah, it's uh, almost like, uh, yeah. can Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that even he can't eat it? Can Meryl Streep, you know, she a good enough actress that she can play a role that makes it seem like she can't play a role? Yep, it's so it's so good, so good. Um, and uh, just Martin Short, uh, actually, uh, the Steve Martin Short. I just combined them into one. That there's, I could watch them all day long, just hanging out with each other. So it was very good, very good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, now I saw a movie that may or may not still be playing at the Roxy Theater this weekend, but uh, my wife and I went and checked it out. It's called Theater Camp. Have you heard of this one? I have not. Tell tell us all about it, Craig. Okay, well, it's directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman, both their respective uh, feature directorial debuts. And it's basically a feature-length adaptation of a 2020 short film of the same name, but features a uh, an ensemble cast. Uh, lots of great people in it. Uh, Ayo Edabiri from The Bear, uh, Amy Sedaris. You know, there's just lots of recognizable faces from shows like Succession and stuff like that. Ben Platt uh, and Molly Gordon are also in it. Patty uh, Harrison, you know, lots of great uh, people in it. And it's basically about a summer camp in the Adirondacks uh, that has a scrappy theater camp that's sort of a haven for budding performers. But after its founder uh, falls into a coma, her clueless crypto bro son, Troy, is tasked with keeping the thespian paradise running. There's a financial ruin loom, uh, looming. And, you know, Troy has to join forces with this band of eccentric teachers and students to come up with a solution before the curtains rise on opening night. And it's just like, I think it could have been a little funnier. That's my only real criticism of it. But it really is a, a wonderful, cute film about just the outsiders of theater and uh, any outsiders, really. But obviously, this one revolves around theater and sort of having a place for them to be themselves and grow uh, and, and, you know, do these things uh, and lots of really funny observations along the way. So it's definitely so far made my top 10 films for the year. Uh, we'll see oh, wow. where that ends up at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, like I said, I feel like it could have been a little bit funnier, though it is quite funny. I should say it, it is funny. Uh, but anyway, that one's worth checking out. Like I said, it may or may not be playing at the Roxy Theater right now still. I'm not sure. But if not, catch it when it comes on VOD, because it's definitely worth checking out, whether you're a fan of theater or not. It's just a fun little... What is, what is this VOD? What is that? That's Theory. Video On Demand. Demand, oh, Demand. Home Theater, whatever they call that now. I call it DVD oh, cool. still, yeah. but uh, people don't right. watch Or like that. somewhere where like, like you stream things, like a streaming service, perhaps? Could be. Like Fry right. used to have those dreams about uh, underwear sent to his dreams on Futurama. Okay. The, I read a bit of a book too. Well, I read a book, a whole book. Look at a that. whole book. You spent a vacation reading a book. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, in fact, I read a couple on holidays, but uh, this one is more apt. It's called The Last Action Heroes by Nick DeSemelian, Lion, however you pronounce that. And it's, it's called The Last Action Heroes, The Triumph, Flops, and Feuds of Hollywood's Kings of Carnage. And so it basically takes you behind the scenes of the action stars that ruled the 80s and 90s in Hollywood, Die Hard, First Blood, Terminator. Uh, so it really looks at especially Stallone and Schwarzenegger 
uh, as they sort of were rising with, you know, Rocky and, and other, other movies like that in the backdrop of Reagan's America and the Cold War. But then also people like Chuck Norris, Jackie Chan, uh, and then lesser stars like Dolph Lundgren, Steven Seagal, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and even uh, less of a big action star, but obviously starred in Die Hard, Bruce Willis. And so it sort of just covers that time from their rise to when things started to change as the 90s started to roll around and, and the Reagan era started to close. It's, I would say, scratches the surface of all of these things. Each one could probably have a book written about it. And so I think, it, it, you know, you could go deeper on a lot of these things, but it does a great job of providing this overview uh, and lots of interesting little anecdotes, both about the films, but also about rivalries, especially between guys like Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Uh, and so just a fun, light holiday read that, like I said, it could have gone deeper, but I, I, I quite enjoyed. So uh, definitely worth checking out if you're a, a fan of those kinds of movies or some of those big personalities. Yeah, they uh, in that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary that they did on what was that Netflix? Yeah. Um, he got into some of that where it's like, well, if Stallone killed 40 bad guys. Well, I had to make sure in my next movie, I killed 50. And you're like, yeah, oh, exactly. okay. And it was like, yeah. Oh, like, oh, wow. Like, it was yeah. a real thing. Like, all right. Little disses, too. Like, my wife and I watched Twins over the holiday, too, just <laughs> the heck of it. And there's a scene where he walks up to a picture of Stallone and measures his biceps against Stallone's in the poster, <laughs> laughs and walks away. And it was those kinds of disses they were throwing at each other. But anyway, it's worth checking out. Uh, that's the time that we have for today. We're going to throw back to Jody uh, and everybody, uh, Hank and Craig, out until next week. Woo! Hello, Punch listeners. It is Brendan here, once again, with some more punch advice to help punch up your life. Huh? Do you like that? I, instead of just saying I'm improving your life, I'm punching up your life. Or at least punching up your entertainment. Or whatever punching up you need to have happen. Today, I am going to talk about something that has just come out and something that I'm going into completely cold. Okay? I am talking about the brand new Disney Plus Star Wars show Ahsoka. Now, Ahsoka is a character that I always thought was really interesting. I've seen in, in graphics and in clips and things. And when I heard that Rosario Dawson, who's playing Ahsoka for the show, was making an appearance on The Mandalorian, I was like, this is awesome. And it was great. Here is the one thing that is my small disclaimer. I'm going to this completely cold. You see, I have not watched The Clone Wars I have not watched Rebels. I have not watched the mythos that this is based on and have the characters in. And it's not that I'm anti. I was just someone growing up, I always stuck with the canon, right? When I was a younger person, droids was on TV. Remember the cartoon droids with C-3PO and R2-D2? And even that, I only watched a couple times. And I was like, oh wait, there's no Luke Skywalker is this actually canon? Ugh. So even at a young age then, I was a bit of a, I don't know, canon continuity snob, I guess. So I've never really explored the other aspects of the Star Wars universe. That being said, not that I'm... It's, I've heard it's really good. People say, oh, the Clone Wars, it's amazing. You should watch it. And I'm sure it is. Just never got into it. I'm glad there's the comics. I'm glad there's the books. I even bought... Splinter of the Mind's Eye, that book, uh, that explains more when Luke goes in the cave and he battles Darth Vader and the vision, what that means. I bought that one because it had Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in it. So, I'm going in as a Star Wars fan who doesn't know the background of Ahsoka and the other characters that go with it. 
So Ahsoka is a miniseries for Disney+, Plus, which was created and written by Dave Filoni. It's a spinoff of The Mandalorian, and uh, the events take place after Return of the Jedi, again with, bear, uh, with characters um, based from the Clone Wars and from Rebels. Uh, huge cast. We have Rosario Dawson. We have Natasha Louis Bordizzo. We have Mary Elizabeth. We have Ray Stevenson. Uh, Ivanka Sacknell, etc., etc., etc. You can check out the cast list on your own. Going in, knowing nothing, I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that they're doing a good job of explaining who these people are at the same time having Easter eggs and surprises for uh, the past fans. I love how the fight sequences, there's a lot of close-ups of the actors' faces. So whether it's, it's, what it seems to me is that the actors are actually doing a lot of their own fight scenes or they're just editing it really well. But I like the fact that it actually, you know, I can see Rosario Dawson in the middle of the fight. I've learned about the Dark Jedi, which are people that were Jedis who have now turned away from it. So they act like mercenaries. On the, it happens in episode one, so I'm not really spoiling anything. I'd never seen that before. I thought they were Sith at first, but they're not. They're Jedis who are no longer good. So if you're thinking of like D&D terms, Jedi would be good. Sith is evil. The Dark Jedi, I guess, are the neutral kind of characters. There is an Inquisitor who shows up, something else I'd never heard of before, whose lightsaber is amazing. Uh, the hilt like wraps around the hand with big spikes on it, very medieval. And of course, the double blade Darth Maul style. I love that. Now, of course, the fans who are in the know are discussing who could it be. As a fan who isn't in the know, I still think it was really cool. I also wonder why the Sith always have the best lightsabers. I don't know. I'm just saying Jedis. You should experiment more. The Sith are beating you in that game. I did sit down and watch a 12-minute video where they explained a lot of the Easter eggs and the references. And after watching that, I thought, man, like, have I even Star Wars? I felt like I had no idea. It's like I never saw any Star Wars ever. And just because there's a whole section of it that I didn't know. In episode one, they're looking for a map to help find... Ezra Brigger, who uh, was a, a, a general who helped out. Apparently there was a fight in uh, Rebels where Ahsoka fights Darth Vader and he travels through like a dimension and pulls her through, which is really cool. But this map is also going to lead to Admiral Thrawn, who may be the heir to the Empire, which is a reference to the Timothy Zane book, Tim Zane, uh, Heir to the Empire. So this might be the person to take over from... Uh, the Emperor, okay? Uh, there's a lot on the go in the plot, but again, for new fans, they plot it out very well. Oh, and Ahsoka's Padawan is a Mandalorian. So I saw someone with a Mandalorian armor wearing a lightsaber for the first time. Again, maybe you've seen that. I haven't seen that. I thought it was super cool. So even if you don't know anything about these characters, jump in. Don't worry about it. They explain it really well. I love the fact that we have Dark Jedi. There's like arcane logic and some magic happening, new characters to meet. It's really well done, well shot, well acted. You will enjoy it. That's it. Go check out Ahsoka Punch Radio. And this is Brennan saying, I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Okay, well, obviously I need to get on the bandwagon and check out Ahsoka. We'll get around to that. But I think I might have to watch Death Clock, Doom, Star Army again a few more times because uh, I haven't really taken it in. We've watched every episode many times and we've watched 
uh, the Doomstar Requiem so many times. That you, you listen to it a lot, too. I notice it gets regular shuffle in your SUV. It does, and we have the album, so it gets on the turntable a little bit as well. And that's another beautiful thing, is that like all of the Metalocalypse music is available on albums. And it's so good. It's so good. And his other stuff is great, too. Like Brennan Small also did Galacticon, which is a great comic slash record so you, he's just amazing and he did home movies back in the days which was how we first how we first tuned into him in the first place yeah amazing he's just an incredible creator so who is it okay my favorite character is charles foster oftenson yeah, because yeah. he takes care of the boys he fixes all their messes he's super talented and he ends up being like the head of the church of the black clock and he's a real PR person. And he is a real PR person. He is a real PR person. He is a real PR person. Yes, he's amazing. I I love how much he cares about the band. And like throughout the arc, it's it's more like in the beginning, he's just like kind of their manager or whatever. And he seems to care too much. And then later you find out why he cares too much because the fate of the world depends upon it. Yeah, he's he's way too comp. He's a, he's like a competent foil for all of their bumbling exploits. They get themselves into trouble. He finds a way to rescue them out of it. That's sort of the cycle. Of, that's how their re relationship works. The uh, snow cone debacle in Jordan and Syria is an especially good example of how he can uh, create peace in the world when there is just chaos. He holds a powerful position, but it comes with lots of petty hassles. Yeah, and he gets hurt a lot. He does. Yeah, I think, yeah he really does. He does. So he's my favorite thing for that reason. Well, it's one of our favorite cartoons. Uh, when we first heard that Adult Swim was doing this this year with a Venture Brothers movie and a Metalocalypse movie and an Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, I, I feel like we probably already got the two best of those three. Agreed. It's hard to get as pumped for... The Aqua Teen movie because you know you that that's been a diminishing returns kind of scenario for quite some time, but still looking forward to that one also. Yeah, they maybe just needed the break to, to get back on track to their former greatness. But absolutely, the Venture Brother movie that came out this summer and now this incredible epic movie from and Metal accompanying Lockups. the album. I don't know if we mentioned that. That is coming out and will be on our turntable shortly. Is amazing. If you haven't checked out any of it, try it. Just humor me. Try and, and it. And go at least to episode three, because episodes one and two of season one are... A little goofy. A little, yeah, a little goofy. Yeah, and they sort out a few problems that never return after that point. No, it's great. That wraps up our show for another week. So thank you for tuning in, and you know where to find us here every Friday on CFCR 90.5 FM. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up. Shots.